Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Unless you're watching on YouTube, then happy Tuesday. And welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And tonight... We're going to be reviewing the Dynasty Warzone's wide receiver staff rankings. But I'll tell you who's at the always at the top of the co-host rankings. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's up, man? What is up, my friend? Back again. Another week. Another legendary performance by Randall to bring me on. Uh... And we get to talk about wide receivers, which is right up my wheelhouse, my friend. Yeah, man. Last night, myself and Matty Big Chest and Kyle of the FF SmackDown, we did a little rookie wide receiver smash up. So we took the wide receivers of the 2020 class and we took the wide receivers of the 2021 class and we drafted one through 12. I will tell you, there were seven members of the 2020 class and five members of 2021 if you want to know in what particular order go back and listen to yesterday's dynasty war zone and uh speaking of listening to the dynasty war zone guys uh gonna give you what's coming up once the super bowl ends so we put away the prop shows the dfs shows the 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 just getting back to some, some basics so on monday we will be doing all of our rookie content and mock drafts every monday from now through I'm going to say maybe Memorial Day. We're going to do a lot of rookie content. We're going to do some startup content. Uh, That will all be on Monday night on YouTube, Tuesday in podcast form. Then Tuesday nights for the Wednesday show will be this show, me and that guy, Jerry Sinclair. We're going to be over here, and we're going to keep this thing. We're going to continue to talk strategy. We're going to talk veteran players. Um, We're going to talk some startups. We're going to talk orphans. We're going to talk salary cap. We're going to talk free agency. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff that will impact your existing roster with some existing strategy. And then Wednesdays live on YouTube. This is after the Super Bowl. Currently, this is on Thursday. But live on Wednesday nights, uh, the the Thursday after the Super Bowl, I will be doing the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. Jerry, it's back. I know you love the contractor. I do love the contractor. I was rocking my shirt the other day. The Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. Uh, Tyler, the the big man over at the Dynasty Happy Hour, he'll launch that dude on podcast as soon as he can. But if you want to see it live or you want to get it in real time, 
It'll be available on our YouTube channel, Dynasty Warzone on YouTube. You want to make sure that you are subscribed with notifications on so you don't miss any of these wonderful shows. And speaking of wonderful, all of you wonderful people who might want to do a five-star review, head over to whatever podcast platform you are listening on and do drop us a five-star. We are just a couple away from 200. Jerry, I want to get to 200 before the Super Bowl, don't you? Come on. I was. I was looking earlier. I was hoping it got a little bit closer, but we're we're crawling there. We're close. It's just it's just teasing me at this point. Just uh, somebody steal steal somebody's phone. Don't get in trouble. Don't don't do nothing stupid. But you got a friend that hasn't yet. Just help us out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, man. You don't have to subscribe. I mean, you can subscribe to the podcast. They can wonder, you know, what the, what what the hell? We'll, we'll take the download for for damn sure. But just slide into to your workmate's phone. Say, hey, me listen to podcast. Say yeah. Say what are you listen on. Oh, hey, let me borrow your phone for a minute. I'm, I'm going to do some guys a solid. So, um, And I can't read your reviews unless you write them. We love reading them, good or bad. And uh, so get on over to Apple. Get on over to Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever it is that you listen. And hook us up, man. And if uh, you're not on social media, again, you can follow me at DWZ Memphis. You can follow Jerry at Jerry Sin DWZ. You can follow the show at Dynasty Warzone on Instagram and Twitter. But if you're not there, I've been getting a, a couple of uh, emails, Jerry, at Dynasty Warzone, asking for a little roster help, uh, you know, l- looking to be steered in, in the right direction, if you will. And I've uh, been, been trying to help some folks out. So if you're not on social media, you can just check out Dynasty Warzone at Gmail and uh, we'll get back to you as soon as, uh, as soon as possible. So, Jerry, are you ready to talk about wide receivers? I am always ready to talk about wide receivers. Perfect, because I'm going to make you wait a few minutes, and we're going to talk about the firing of <laughs> Doug Peterson first, because I'm a jerk. Yep. But before we do that, I want to make sure to let you know that this segment is brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Man, this thing's popping. We brought in like five new members last week, Tom and and Frank, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm missing names, but man, these guys are already in there mixing it up with everybody. And startup season will be here right after the Super Bowl. And all of our leagues that were paid leagues, we had some that were free, some that got some t-shirts, some that, you know, we're just playing for the glory of winning a dynasty fantasy football league. But all the people that needed paid got paid and we're going to be doing it again. So if you're looking to get into a little startup action with like-minded people, uh, you get a bonus podcast every week. You get custom one-on-ones. You, you get a lot for the value. Um, we have since added a gambling side chat for those that are into a uh, little wagering on sports. We, we've, we've got some cool stuff going. So if you're just interested, you can always go over and sign up today at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. But you can also slide my DMs, Jerry's, G, Jerry's GM, GM Jerry. You can, slide, you can slide in Jerry's DMs anytime you like. And uh, you can leave a pick or two. Hey, that's between you and Jerry. But all right, speaking of picks, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles decided to pick a new head coach. They let Doug Peterson go. Uh, A lot of people thought he was safe. Now, earlier in the day on Tuesday when he got let go, I was listening to the GM Shuffle podcast with Mike Lombardi, and he said, you know, there's about a 15% chance that he he gets – to keep his job. And I was like, man, there's no way he won a Super Bowl. And I was like, I'll be damned. One of our patrons, as a matter of fact, put in the group chat, uh, Doug Peterson, relieved of his duties in Philadelphia. So, Jerry, when you saw that, 
What was your immediate reaction from both a fan's standpoint and as a dynasty connoisseur? I was I was like you. I did not think that shit was going to happen at all. Like, it, it, Listen, I get that the fall from grace for the Philadelphia Eagles has been a pretty sharp and rapid decline, but not a lot of guys can win a Super Bowl. And that team was not excellent that won the Super Bowl, and it had a lot to do with him. So I, I was shocked. If the Detroit Lions hired him, I would not be extremely opposed to it. I would. I think they could do worse. Uh, it was something. Uh, but I, I want to. I want to talk to you about the fantasy outlook because I know you have quite the polarizing opinion on what it's going to do to Jalen Hurts. Because you know, a lot of people paid a lot of value for Jalen Hurts. So. Talk about that a little bit, because I, I, I saw you went on a little bit of a rant about it. So let, let me poke your brain. Sure. Well, my, my first thing is the always uh, I've always wanted to uh, maybe I'm giving away gold nuggets here for someone who wants to start a dynasty podcast of their own. But I, I've thought about starting like a once a month show called the business of dynasty or the business of football or business and dynasty or, or something like that, because to me, this was simply a business move. What did Carson Wentz say? Carson Wentz said, my relationship with Doug Peterson is fractured beyond repair. So what did Howie Roseman, excuse me, the GM and the owner Jeffrey Lurie do? They said, cool, Doug, you gots to go. Why? They've got 100 plus million reasons to make this work with Carson Wentz. Does that mean Carson Wentz is the better starting quarterback than Jalen Hurts? That, you know, uh, the Fly Eagles Fly podcast with Greg Cosell did a great job of breaking it down. I thought the Three and Out podcast from former Eagles scout John Middlecoff did a great job of breaking it down. And then today I was listening on the radio on the way home from work. I heard Peter King break it down. Guys, this is about Carson Wentz's contract. It cost them an additional $25 million of cap space to cut him. Now, this is a team that's already got a cut, like $50 million. So Alshon's gone. Deshaun Jackson's gone. There's a couple other guys gone. Zach Ertz, more than likely gone. A yeah. lot of guys are going to be gone. But if they trade Carson Wentz or cut him, another 25 So not only is he gone, you gotta, you've already scratched him a big check, but you got to cut another $25 million worth of players to make this happen. It is a very, very, very detrimental move for the next two seasons for the Philadelphia Eagles. So what's the best thing that can do? Obviously, Carson Wentz was not able to be fixed by Doug Peterson. They're going to bring someone in. I loved I loved the fact that they brought in Arthur Smith for an interview, or they at least requested the opportunity to interview him. Arthur Smith is credited with uh, resurrecting Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Uh, I like that a lot, and I like that a lot for Dallas Goddard on a side note. But this is not about Jalen Hurts. This is about Carson Wentz's contract. Uh, I also think that that Jalen Hurts is potentially a, a trade candidate. Wh why wouldn't you? Yeah. If, if, if they said Doug Peterson, if he says Doug Peterson and I can't work together, okay, we got rid of one obstacle for – for Carson Wentz and the other one, he's intimidated and went right or wrong. You don't have to agree with it for it to be what it is. He's intimidated by Jalen Hurts. Well, you get him gone too. Now, Jerry, I know you're not a parent yet yourself, but have you ever heard the term helicopter parent? I I have not. I'm assuming it means you hover. 
you you hover over your kid and you make sure everything is safe and and they don't fall down and they're wearing their helmet and they're wearing the little elbow pads. Well, there's my a wife type. and the dog got it. Okay, yeah. There, there's a new type of parent called a bulldozer parent. Okay, are you are you familiar with the concept? What, what, <laughs> I am what, not. What, what a bulldozer basically road grades everything, every obstacle out of their kid's way. So. You know, the, the kid's doing bad at school. It must be the teacher's fault. You know, the, the, the kid's getting bad grades. It's because the teacher doesn't like him or whatever. The kid's not playing sports. The coach just hates, has it out for my son. They bulldoze every obstacle out of their child's way. And, and, and that's what it feels like the Philadelphia Eagles are doing for Carson Wentz. They're going to bulldoze every obstacle out of his way to make him as comfortable as possible based on what they owe him. Again, you don't have to agree with with what they're doing. It doesn't even make it right. But financially, they're stuck like Chuck. They're going to be owing this man. I think it's a twenty five million dollar cap hit this year and twenty million the year after. Come on, you you can't afford to take that kind of hit. So uh, I don't know what will happen. Now I have a couple of winners. I think the winners in this long term are going to be Carson Wentz. I think the winner in this is going to be Miles Sanders. I know Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, but he was not smart enough to run Miles, Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, how do you help a struggling quarterback? I mean, th- this is not a shot at Baker. I've 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 got a newfound amount of respect for Baker Mayfield. But well, how deserved did, to. How, how did a really sharp coach and Kevin Stefanski support Baker Mayfield? Very simply, he he loaded up on a really good offensive line, and he built the the offense off of the running game. And allowed Baker to grow into it. You know, Doug Peterson, for whatever reason, knew his offensive line was decimated by injuries, his quarterback struggling. So, you know what we'll do? We'll run Miles Sanders exactly six times a game. I'm like, what? I mean, why? Why though? Why why would you do that? He didn't even pass to him that much either. He did he just he just ignored the man. So I, I will be super excited to see. Uh, a new quarterback, and then you know, if you if you don't want to take my word for it, just get on YouTube, just get on uh, Twitter, and search the Eagles owner post Doug Peterson press conference. You will hear him say everything, but this is all about Carson Wentz. So, if you invested heavily in Jalen Hurts, he's the loser in this. I'm very sorry. I'm sorry that you invested, if you did, in a player with a four game sample size that was descending. He had the nice little game against New Orleans. Then he had the blow-up game against a marginal defense in Arizona. Then it started going downhill. It went downhill against the Cowboys. And then he finished. I know he got pulled unceremoniously and not really his fault. But he was 7 for 20 for 72 yards after three quarters. I, 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 that's not to say that, that he couldn't have pulled the nose up on that aircraft. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's not like he was going out there lighting it up. Was he lighting up your fantasy box score? Absolutely. Was he lighting up the real box score? Not so much. Uh, he he was not able to do enough and not able to advance the ball. And when a guy goes seven for 35 and one of the big knocks on him is ball placement and you're seeing some of the balls that he was throwing, you saw it. And this is why you don't make rash reactional moves in Dynasty based off of four games. Maybe you could have bought some equity but this is why I like Jalen Hurts, the prospect. I like the idea of Jalen Hurts. That's why I said trade trade Jalen Hurts to New England. They just spent the entire 2020 season with a mobile quarterback. They are in the AFC. 
They need a quarterback. They're a team that's known for trading. Why not? That, that, that's a that's a great opportunity for Jalen Hurts. So hopefully they they do trade him to a team that could maximize his skill set. Then there are no losers. The Jalen Hurts people who acquired him and his fans will see him in a new roster. And Carson Wentz gets a gets a shot at redemption. That's the best case scenario. So I don't know what will actually happen, Jerry, but uh, that that's my spiel as it relates to Senior Wentz. Well, goddamn! If that wasn't a well versed, well evidenced argument right there, my friend, as as the people know, I am dick deep in writing a thesis right now. And if I could come up with half a good of argument as you just put for that. I would be sitting much prettier than I am right now. I, I think it's, it's good, and, and, and it helps that we are a little we're we're pro Wentz people, so we're we're also I, I, sort of hoping what what you just went on your rant about is the case. But but that's eh. not for me. For for me, it's it's all about giving accurate information based off what yeah. I see, and yeah. I just and I and I will be the first to admit I do like Carson Wentz. Uh, I I do I do remember the guy who was the MVP candidate who had it unceremoniously stolen away from him due to a double ligament injury against the Rams. Uh, he was killing that season. You know, someone posted uh, how many, you know, four touchdown games, you know, has Carson Wentz had since 2018. Well, that's a little bit picky and choosy. If you go back to 2017, my man had four, four touchdown games that year. So let us not forget. So they'll be bringing someone in, and this is about money. That's why I want to do something at some point, maybe a once a month show about the business, the business mindset of Dynasty. That's that's where I attack. So speaking of business, let's give a shout out to one, Jerry. Let's give a shout out to the people who are providing that fine cap that you are wearing upon your dome. He is wearing the NWO inspired Dynasty Warzone hat, all black with the white logo. There's also the khaki dad hat. You saw that on Monday night, rocking it by Maddie Maddie Biggs. Uh, we've got T-shirts. Jerry's got a Dynasty Happy Hour contractor T-shirt. There's a Goat District T-shirt. There's a lot of different T-shirts at ViridianGlobal.com. That is our apparel provider, uh, as well as a ton of other stuff. You'll see our boy Matty Big Chest, uh, TJ Hockamania, Hockamania running wild at Viridian Global. You'll see Aaron Godgers. The font looks like cheese because he's he's a Packer, Jerry. That's why it's great. Cheese, cheese, Jerry. You, I got you it. Get it. Perfect, man. Okay, so it's cheese. It's cheese, Jerry. So but why is it cheese? Because he's in Green Bay. I got it. I'm just fucking. He's in Green Bay. Why else? It's like the cheese capital of the world. Great cheese. But head over to Viridian Global, V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N, Viridian Global, and just check it out, man. You don't have to buy anything. Just cruise around, look at the stuff, and uh, hit up Maddie for a first-time shopper's promo code. So, Jerry, this is something that we have not really done Publicly, we have always done our ranks kind of uh, in, in unique places. Last year, I was doing some rankings with the gang over at Dynasty Happy Hour. Uh, and one of the things our patrons really wanted at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone was they were like, can we get some rankings? And we we're like, well, yeah, you, we, we work for you guys. You're the patron. We work for you. So over there right now, there is a copy of our staff rankings. Who was on the staff? Well, that's me and Jerry. Matty Big Chest, Dr. Kyle, as well as Kyle August of the FF SmackDown. He will bring it, be bringing the SmackDown to the DWZ in a, in a couple of months. You'll be able to get some redraft content. And 
let's see uh his his co-host jake hrip i hope i pronounced that correctly jake h-r-i-p he wrote for the fantasy red shirts he wrote for the ball blastum team in 2020 and uh as well as tyler we jerry where are my manners i forgot tyler and lou so there are eight guys cumulative rankings across eight different guys so uh we do not have tyler and we do not have Lou's rankings yet, nor Jake. So these are based off of five. These are mine, Jerry's, Kyle's, Kyle's, and Maddie's. So are you ready to jump into these, Jerry? Absolutely. All right. So th- I'm, I'm going to give you the staff rankings, and I'm going to go one by one, and you can tell me if you agree or if you disagree. Are you okay. ready? Here I'm we go. always ready. The, the consensus 101 for the Dynasty Warzone team is Tyreek Hill. Now, where do you have Tyreek Hill on your rankings? Uh, at number one. I mean, we I did the mock draft. We, we did that mock draft, and I took him number two overall in the startup, which is a little hot takey. Don't get me wrong, but I just love the dude. The, I mean, he's set up with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and he's a monster. I don't, I don't know what more people could want. You know, for me, th- th- this is – I know a lot of people like to go super young, Super yeah. hot takey. That you know, I've seen uh, some some rankings, and, and and you know, everybody's entitled to their own philosophy. I think I think our rankings are pretty young overall, but it, it's hard not to have Tyreek Hill at the top of the list. I, you know, he's not hit the he's not hit the age apex as a receiver, and, and man, he's got the contract. He's married to not figuratively, but you know, I guess figuratively, not literally. And he's 26 years old. He's not even hit the fabled age apex. Uh, he'll be 27 in March, but that's okay. He's going into his prime. So for me, I also agree it is Tyreek Hill at the 101 uh, as far as wide receivers. And I can tell you that uh, there's a lot more discrepancy at two and three. So let's let's jump into two, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, who is so the two for the group consensus uh, is da, uh, Devonte Adams. What say you? Who is your number two? No, uh, we are chalk on that one as well. It's I, I could understand somebody not having him at two just because of his age, but when a dude can get eighteen touchdowns and he's tied to Aaron Rodgers and the dude just scores, I mean, oh hey, I, l- the, l- the l- thing l- about touchdowns is they win you championships. So it's tough for me to not have him at two. So I'm not super surprised that he's there. You know, technically, he he just hit the wrong side of the age apex. He's a Christmas Eve yep. baby. He was born on December 24th, but that doesn't bother me much. Uh, I actually have him as my personal three uh, at, at the wide receiver position. We'll get into my number two in a minute, but no. The, the only uh, – <laughs> this sounds foolish to say, but it is dynasty. And, you know – we're going to get into some startup and how you acquire these guys uh, in our final segment of the show. But man, how do you not go? How do you not go, you know, Devontae Adams, if you're in win now mode? If you're, if you're going to win a ship, if you're doing a startup in February, how do you not go Devontae Adams at the 101? Uh, I like to be a little bit younger, but Aaron Rodgers, as long as he's got Aaron Rodgers, man, he's gold. He is gold. He is unaffected by anyone else. He gets all the volume. So that is our staff consensus wide receiver to Devontae Adams. This next one may shock some, but it is A.J. Brown, Jerry. A.J. Brown, wide receiver three for the staff. Now, again, this is uh, 
aggregate across everybody. Where do you have Mr. Brown? I have AJ Brown at five. So can I can I be mad that he's three? No. He's young. He's a bad, a bad man who can just explode in any game in any situation that you need him to. And I mean, if he can do it with Ryan Tannehill, don't get me wrong, Ryan Tannehill, good quarterback, but he's like uh Andy Dalton plus. If 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 AJ Brown is ever in a situation where he gets an elite quarterback, he's gonna be a superhero. And with Corey Davis and his impending free agency, I, the ceiling could be the roof for AJ Brown. So I'm not I'm not gonna be mad that anyone has the man at three. I wouldn't be mad if you had him at one or two, considering his age either. It's not something I'm gonna do, but if we're talking about this in 365 days from today and he's the wide receiver one, are you going to be surprised? Because I sure as hell am not. He he is my personal four. Uh, I'm a little bit ahead of our uh, – a little. I guess I'm behind. Uh, he's the staff's three and, and, and my four, but I'm right there in that range. I love the guy. My one knock is that he's missed a couple of games here or there with injury. Um, he plays a very physical, very aggressive style. Now, he's a big man, a strong man. And super, super young. I love the yak. I love the ability to get the ball in space and take it a very, very long distance. I would like to see the volume go up a little bit, but we know the volume in Tennessee tends to go to one Derrick Henry as he's getting, you know, 25 plus rushes a game. And when the average team sees about, I think, I think the number I saw was 64 offensive snaps a game on average. You know, there's about 40, 45% of it going to a running back. And then you you sprinkle the rest around. You know, if the QB is a is a, a slightly above average passer, you know he completes 66 percent of his balls. So that's only so many to go around in Tennessee. I'd like to see a little bit more volume. If he was getting the volume of some of these other guys, we're going to talk about, he would be easily in my top two or three. But uh, I definitely love AJ Brown. This next guy, he rose a bunch. So we wrote these in the the month of December. And then we just recently updated them at the end of our season rankings. So this guy had a record-breaking rookie campaign. His name is Justin Jefferson. I see Jerry pumping his fist. Jerry, where do you have him? He is our staff consensus four, but he is your what? Three. Uh, okay. There are some of us that are on the staff that are lazier than others and just updated them an hour before the show and had to send them to you in a – in a hurry. His name, uh, his, his name rhymes with Jerry. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, we, hey, what do you want me to say about Justin Jefferson? This dude came into the league and looked like a madman. It, he was a madman in college with Joe Burrow. He comes into a situation that's semi-conducive to be successful. Stefan Diggs left, so there was an opening, but Adam Thielen is still a monster. Kirk Cousins is not exactly known for being a prolific passer. He's usually pretty efficient. Uh, and then they have Delvin Cook, who has a ding-ding that just drags on the floor. So they they give him most of the work. And Adam Thielen was good. Adam Thielen had a good passable season. And Justin Jefferson came into this league as a rookie and danced all over everybody he played. Uh, he had monster games. He had highly efficient games. He just looked like a technician at times. I I don't know how people are going to assume that he's not going to continue to just 
be awesome. And you look at Adam Thielen's contract, they've got an out. I mean, he's a $13 million cap hit. Only $5 million is dead cap for next year. They got a little bit of an out. And let's say they do part ways. I mean, the man is how old? 31 years old next year? I mean, he's he's borderline me. Now, he's in a little bit better shape than me. It's close. It's a close eye. Don't you, don't you give me those shocked eyes. Well, I guess it's round close. is a shape. <laughs> it's, it's, but, and then, and then let's say they do part ways and then they have to bring in a rookie. Okay. I, how many times do rookies come in and they're just in effing Jefferson? Not very often. So he could very well be in a situation where he's just the dude. And the thing about it is at the second half of the season, he was the dude anyway. So this is not a Juju Antonio Brown situation. Yes, I love Jeff, Justin Jefferson. And it is a GD travesty that I traded him to Matt in the listener league thinking I was going to get the 101. And then Josh went on that winning streak and I ended up with the 106. A unbelievable travesty that makes me want to flip my computer off of the desk and onto the floor. Well, see, I knew I could lay back and let you have a little bit of time to rant because Justin Jefferson is one of Jerry's favorite people. Now, he is my six, um, so I'm not too far off. I'm probably the one dragging him down from from being in the top three. I think I'm the one who kept him from uh, from sliding ahead of, of yeah. A.J. Brown. But, but, here, but here's what I hear. The next he, guy is the guy you are propping up, my friend. Yes, it is. But but here's what I'll say about Justin Jefferson. I was dead wrong. I was really concerned that he was just a slot receiver. I was really concerned that he was a byproduct of that amazing offense in LSU with Joe Brady in that record-breaking season. But I was wrong, and I will be the first to admit that I was wrong. Here is my one fear, and here's why I had him at six and not just a hair higher. The Minnesota defense last year was chuck full of rookies. And that was a bad defense. And teams were scoring on the Vikings at will. Now, one thing we know about Mike Zimmer, the head coach, is he's very defensive-minded. Now, does does that mean that Justin Jefferson will just revert into a pumpkin? No, he will not return to the status of a pumpkin. He will continue to be a superstar. I just don't know if the volume will quite be there. I do expect Thielen to be back. We saw the slight emergence of Irv Smith Jr. toward the end of the season. I it just, you know, I, my, my thought is, is that I just see like a 15, 10, 15% regression in volume. Now, maybe he can be more efficient with the volume that he gets. Uh, it's not like he was a volume monster to begin with. He just made the most of everything. So the slightest, the, the, the weeest, slightest concern. So that's why he's at six. I mean, guys, let's be honest. I mean, some of the names that you haven't heard me mention yet, uh, and to have him at six after his rookie year, in my opinion, from someone who's been doing Dynasty the length that we have, to me, that's high praise. So I, I owned my miss on him in the rookie season, and uh, I have him as my six, but uh, let's go back to five. Let's go back to the staff at five. It is C.D. Lamb. Now, here's a guy that I have. I think I have the highest of anyone in the league. I have him as who does number two work for? Uh, I I love everything that I've seen from C.D. Lamb. Had had quietly the quietest 970-some-odd yards as a rookie I've ever seen. Had this been the year before when A.J. Brown was doing that and D.K. Metcalf was doing that and Terry McLaren was doing that, we would be going bananas. But because what we saw with Justin Jefferson, 
he kind of just got pushed to the background because he was working with a backup quarterback like Andy Dalton. He was kind of pushed to the background. You know, when was the last time Dallas was flexed out of Sunday night football? Not flexed into, but flexed out of Sunday night football. That happened this year. That happened. That was real life. And I know he's going to get Dak back. I know that it will continue to be a mediocre defense. I did like the Dan Quinn hiring. But this is a team that's going to put the ball in the air a lot. And then in 2022, when they can save, I believe, if memory serves me correctly, $20 million by letting Amari Cooper walk at the end of the 2021 season, that's when I really see CeeDee Lamb shining. I think he easily gets over 1,000 yards receiving if Dak had played the entire season. And I think that's pretty easy to say that he could have scrounged up an extra 30-some-odd yards to have been a thousand yard rookie wide receiver. Uh, I think we saw the upside of him, you know, in so many facets. So I, I know it's a bit high. I know it's high praise. I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but I got to be honest. He is my two. Jerry, where do you have CD Lamb? I have him at 12. So I am sort of pulling him down a little bit, but this is like the AJ Brown situation. If we're talking 365 days from now and he's, almost universally considered the wide receiver one. Am I going to be surprised, Randy? Hell no, I am not. The dude was a monster. The dude was a killer. And then he got crumb bums and shoe clerks at quarterback. Sorry, Andy Dalton. I know I've brought up Andy Dalton, the red penis twice this show, but let's, let's, let's talk about it. So you were talking about how he was almost a 1000 yard wide receiver with what he had. Dak goes down week five. Okay, so the four weeks before then, they scored 40, 31, 38, and 37 points. You want to <laughs> you want to know what the next month was? They scored 10, 3, 9, and 19. Uh, that's piss poor. I know he had Dominic DiNucci. I think it was Dominic. It was definitely ben, DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. I think Dominic may have been a cousin. But, you know, he had that guy throwing him the ball and – I mean, let's be honest, Andy Dalton did okay. He did. But he, he in no way was uh, was going to buoy the value of Lamb. I'm glad. I, I, I've been trying everywhere. Um, no one is moving this guy in a dynasty league, nor do I blame him unless you're going to move him to me. Then I endorse that move. A big thumbs up on, on YouTube. All right, this next guy, he, he is the biggest, I won't say the biggest follower, but he definitely fell from the initial set of rankings. He was originally four, and he's now six. And that's DK Metcalf. After a uh, like streaking across the sky like a comet at midnight, he is uh, he had a quiet back half of the season. Had a nice shot play against the LA Rams, but ended the season along with Russ on a you know kind of limped to the end. Now we could for me the reason why he fell for me personally. I personally have Metcalf in my rankings at five, so I guess he didn't fall too far. I think I had him at three last last time. Maybe four. The reason why he, I can speak for me, the reason why he fell for me is I don't love the volume. Uh, they fired their offensive coordinator today. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer is out in Seattle, so I don't know what the future is going to bring. And I think as long as uh, Pete Carroll is the head coach, we're going to let Russ simmer and not let Russ cook. I think the offense is probably better when Russ simmers. So my only concern, like, you know, these, all these guys are going to have a slight concern for me is what is his volume going to look like? You know, if he was getting the double-digit targets of some of these guys, then it would be hard to avoid putting him at like one 
two or three, but he's not getting that volume right now. Could he get it? Sure he could. And I don't think we're doing him a horrible disservice by having him six overall right now. So there's still room to grow. And so he's he's five for me, six for the team. What about you, Jerry? He's four. So we we got the four, five, six with DK. Uh, I had him at three. I put Justin Jefferson over him. But this is another situation. If he's one, not going to be surprised. Dude was awesome. I mean, it, it, the beginning of the season was just silly. And it shows you what he can do when it was what? what like seven of the first eight games. He had over 90 yards in every single game and had like seven touchdowns. It, yes, Russ stopped cooking in the second half of the season, which is not normal for Russ either. Uh, he's he's going to be 24 next year, and he's got a 900-yard season with seven touchdowns under his belt and a 1,300-yard season for 10 touchdowns this this past season. That's silly. I mean, that's that's video game silly. The dude is he's a specimen. That's what I can say about DK Metcalf. And if he grows, if he evolves, I I mean, it's, it's not absurd to call the man Calvin. If he can do, if he can grow and that, I mean, I'm a Lions fan and I will always love Calvin Johnson. Jerry Rice will always be my number one wide receiver because he is a Jerry and he is one of the few shining Jerry's that have existed in the history of this planet. So that's my man, but Calvin's a lion. And to even put him in that category is something. And I, I do think he can grow. I, I think the the three cone was is dog shit and I don't care about it. And neither should you, because that was three years ago. And we've seen the man be a monster. And I think if he can continue to grow, and I don't think Russell's going anywhere. I mean, Russ is going to be there and he's going to, he's going to shine at points and he's going to struggle at points. And it it's, they're in a weird phase. But what I'm not going to do is overreact to them losing in the playoffs because they're still a playoff team whenever Russell Wilson is under center. I don't care who else is on the team. If Russell Wilson is there, that is a playoff contender. And that boy's going to be there. And if he's paired up with DK Metcalf, yeah, I'm going to like DK Metcalf. This next guy is getting a lot of respect from the DWZ crew. It's Calvin Ridley. I know you're a big fan. He comes in as our consensus seven at the wide receiver position, uh, you know, I, I've got him uh, a, a little bit lower. I've got him at eight. Um, you know, I don't have any concerns about his age. For me, it's just that Atlanta team in general. You know, there's a lot of flux. But, you know, here's a guy who who missed a game. He missed week nine with an injury. He had a donut, 0.0 in week four against Green Bay. And the guy still finished as the wide receiver five on the season. How dominant was that, you ask? He scored seven more points on the season than Justin Jefferson. And he missed a game and had a goose egg in the game and still came up as the wide receiver five. The guy is just awesome. And it, he's just as good with Julio in the lineup as he's with Julio out of the lineup. And let's be honest, uh, what did uh, they say in Captain Phillips? You know, Calvin Ridley walked into that wide receiver room. He looked at Julio. He's like, look at me. I am the captain now. So uh, I, I love Calvin Ridley. Uh, the team loves Calvin Ridley. Jerry, you love Calvin Ridley. Where do you have Ridley? I do, but I actually, before we changed, I changed these rankings an hour before because I'm lazy. I didn't have him in my top 12. I had him at uh, like 13 because I wanted to make sure CD was in there. But I had to creep him in there. The dude just had too good of a season for me not to. So he, I have him at 11. So I'm a little lower. But I think that's just the age and 
because of how many unbelievable young talents we have that are just spoiling us in the dynasty community at wide receiver. It, it's weird. You know, they, they lost Quinn and you think, you know, maybe the coaching change is going to affect them and they're not going to have a great, great run. And then the dude just rattles off down the stretch. So he starts off outside of the week four goose egg, which unbelievable, un, unbelievable. The dude had double digit targets, four of the first five games outside of the goose egg. But then, you know, he doesn't do everything. And then it gets down to crunch time championship, both playoff weeks and the last week of the season when you needed him, you needed him. He got you off to a good start and then you lost a couple games while he started to struggle and you weren't sure if you were going to keep your bye. You weren't sure if you were going to slip out and then it got in and my man said, hundred yards, hundred yards, hundred yards, hundred yards. Thank you. Pay me my money. Yes. Calvin Ridley deserves to be where he is at. I, I might be a little, a little lower on him than I should be, but yeah, that's my dude. That's my dude. And I, and who knows if Julio's ever actually going to go? He might be Frank Gore for all we know. Let's let's be honest. That, that, that it, is whether, true. whether he's there or not, Calvin's going to be a badass. All right, this next guy uh, reemerged as a badass on the wide receiver scene in twenty. 20- 20 it is stefan diggs now he's right at that perfect age he's right in that 27 wheelhouse he is eight on our consensus he is uh eight on my personal rankings as well um obviously we have a lot of people who have him in this range jerry where are you at on diggs i love him uh, he won some championships i am testing the waters on him in dynasty just because of such a polarizing season and based on my acquisition cost versus his current value I'm not afraid to have some conversations right now, but what about you real quick? What's up? What's up with you with uh, Mr. Diggs? Uh, I have him at seven. I loved him coming into the season. He was my steal in a lot of redraft leagues, and I went after him a lot. But that is way, way less important than the last sentence you just said before you cut it over to me. Talk to me. What are, what are you looking for in, in a Diggs deal? Not necessarily a player, but what sort of situation are you looking for when you are trying to send him away? You know, I, I think I could get uh, that that next tier of wide receivers from this most recent class. If I could get a Pittman, not, not Pittman, but like a Higgins plus, like a Higgins and a first for for Diggs, I'm, I'm going to take that. I'm a big Higgins guy. He he barely misses the top 12 in our consensus ranks. Hashtag spoiler kind, alert. Yeah, mine too. Uh, what kind of first are we talking? You know, I, I would take anything around like after – 107 is right in that range, 107, 108, because then I'm going to turn Stefan Diggs into two wide receivers. You know, in the mock drafts we've done today at the 107, 108, you know, in a super flex, because that's what I play, super flex tight end premium, you're going to have at least three quarterbacks, if not four, with Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, and Lance. Then you've got ETN and Najee Harris at the running back position. So you get in that seven range, man. You're going to be looking at Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. So really at that point, I could turn Stefan Diggs into two really good young receivers and just churn the cycle. So I love Stefan Diggs. It's not like I'm, uh, you know, giving away for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but if I could turn his wide receiver three season into uh, some future because for me, it's all about that delta between production and my lineup, regardless of what their name is. I don't care if it's Sally Sue Jenkins. If you're giving me 17 PPR points a week, that's all that I care about. Forget the name. Forget everything else. I want those points because that's how you win. 
And so if I can get like a T Higgins who is shown to be able to maybe put, you know, if Diggs was putting 20 in your roster last year in PPR and I can maybe go back just a little bit with like a, a T Higgins and get me like 15, 16, 17, but then add an entire other player. I'm in. So uh, I want to get to number nine because we do want to talk about some uh, some acquisition stuff with these guys. My man run TMC, uh, the quietest 135 yard you know uh, targets on a season uh, was a yak monster. Did it with a speaking of crumb bums and shoe clerks and stripper lovers and you know everything in between. This is the team that I really hope invests in the quarterback position in the off season. I hope they invest in that field because that field at FedEx Field is garbage. And that's insulting to garbage everywhere. So he was the consensus nine. He's my man. Uh, I couldn't love him anymore if he were family. Now, he slid down the rankings a little bit, I think, because he didn't quite crush 2020. And he kind of ended slow with the ankle season. I mean, excuse me, the ankle injury and didn't have a great finish to the season. But he is still one of my top guys. I have him at seven, but I'm a, I'm a, sl- I'm a slight bit biased. Jerry, what about you? Uh, he's, he's my ninth. Um, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are sort of surprised that he's a wide receiver one. I, I don't know if that's true, but I feel like there's, there's a lot of people that are still trepidatious on the man and there is nobody, nobody in the league that plays wide receiver that is performing with such dog shit at quarterback. And that is a shot at dog shit because what he has had to deal with has not been good. I know Heineke was, yeah, this is a jolly good story, and everyone's having a fun time because he's playing Tom Brady in the playoff. Uh, Tyler Heineke is not going to continue playing. Dwayne Haskins literally is not playing anymore. Um, No, I'm good on any of those situations. I want, I would say there is not a situation that I am looking forward to more in the draft than a potential quarterback spot in Washington. I I would love to see them take one of those guys that slips, whoever it is in this class that just has a, I don't, I don't want to say Teddy Bridgewater because I would like a quarterback that's better than Teddy Bridgewater, but you know what I mean? To, to fall back and they take it because that man needs something. And he, he he doesn't actually need something because he produces no matter what, but go ahead. uh, I was going to say, because they're actually drafting 18th. So they may either have to reach early for like a Kyle Trask or a Mac Jones, or they're going to be dipping a toe in some free agent waters. So to be determined, the next guy, I love him too, DJ Moore. He kind of fell from this time last year. Had quiet, had the quietest 1,200-yard season. He's a guy who just doesn't get in the end zone enough. And I know Robbie, uh, Robbie Anderson had a really good season for him. He finished top 18 in PPR at the wide receiver position. But – if, if you stuck it out with DJ Moore, you started to see there toward the middle back end of the season of what this man can do. I think he could get a QB upgrade, and that's not a shot at Teddy Two Gloves. I think you're going to see Carolina. Um, I've, I've seen rumors of them drafting Trey Lance at ninth overall and let, let it, letting him uh, do a little red shirt, a little journeyman under Teddy Bridgewater for a year, and then Teddy would turn it over to him. Kind of Mahomes-esque, if you will, with Mahomes' rookie year where he sat behind uh, Alex Smith for one season. And uh, I think that would be great. I'm a big DJ Moore guy. Anything on DJ Moore, Jer Jer? Yep, he's, I mean, he's my 10 also. We just, you just want to see him get in the end zone. The the production is there. Everything you want from the man 
And you just, you watch him play and you see it and you love it. And he's a nice, young, talented guy. And he's just ready to explode into this top tier. He just doesn't score at that level. And you do need the points when it comes down to this. He's great to have. And you love the consistency of the production. But to get into these top tier guys where you're the top end of the wide receiver ones, you need to get close to double digit touchdowns with everything else you have. So I think he is ranked correctly there. Uh, I've seen some hate. And I don't really get it. I mean, he had a very quiet, successful year. I think it's just because without Christian McCaffrey, people did not pay attention to Caroline as much as they should. Well, th- these next two guys are probably going to get us a little heat as a group, but that's okay. Um, if you don't evolve, you die. If you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not moving, you're dying. Uh, Michael Thomas. And for me, this was a lot less to do with the fact that uh, he's going to be 28 in the off season. For me, this is more about, and I actually have him 11 as well. This is more about, you know, what does his life with Drew Brees retiring look like? I know we saw a little bit with Taysom Hill. That does me no well. That does me no good. That does me no no satisfaction knowing that I don't know what's going on. He's still valued like a premium asset. I'm sure there's a ton of dynasty services out there that have him in the top five or six. I just can't do it. Um, don't get me wrong. If I could get him this late, maybe as like a wide receiver two, or maybe you went in, in the startup, maybe you went quarterback early and then you want to nail down a wide receiver to go with. Okay. But the days of him being the top wide receiver, one, two, three are over. He's a very volume dependent guy. I think he'll still get volume, but I'm to the point now to where, you know, you add in his age, his uncertainty at the quarterback position, you certainly have to uh, move him down. Where did you have Thomas before we wrap this thing up? I have Thomas at eight, but like you said, if he was the guy that was not ranked in this top 12 next year, also would not surprise me. Um, for all the same reasons you said, I don't know what the hell to expect with him, but he did show some things with Taysom, which is why I still kept him where I did. And I mean, he can create separation. The guy is good, and the guy catches a shitload. And I think Sean Payton is still going to want to pass it a lot. So I can't drop him there yet, but I might be too late to the party when I do it next year. Because for everything that you said, I'm with you. I'm on board. All right, we have one last guy. This last guy is very polarizing to me, and that's Chris Godwin. Uh, he didn't make everyone's top 12, but neither did DeAndre Hopkins. I know people are like, well, where, where's D-Hop? Dude, he's 29. This is a dynasty show. It's not a redraft show. He can be in our top 12 in, in redraft in 2021, but he can't be with his age and the way his season ended. That's a no for me, dog. But Chris Godwin is very polarizing because, you know, I thought earlier I was doing some stuff for the Patreon and, you know, I was like, maybe he gets franchise tagged, but what if? What if Tampa Bay liked enough of what they saw out of Antonio Brown to try to get one cheap year out of him and roll with Mike Evans and Scotty Miller as their three wide receivers and lets Godwin hit the open market? Can they afford to scratch him a $15 million check? Do I think he'll get the $20 million that Julio got or that Michael Thomas got? No, I do not. But I think he's certainly going to want to be in that OBJ Adam Thielen range. So he is still very young. He could wind up in a lot of situations, but I believe in the talent of Chris Godwin. That's why he was my personal 12, and he was in, let's see, I, I see a 10 out there. 
uh, an 11. So, yeah, he's right there in that range. I mean, he barely edged out the Hopkins, the Higgins, and a couple of other guys. Where are you at with Godwin, Jerry? Uh, I did not have him in my top 12, but he would have been right there, right on the precipice. And if he jumped up to wide receiver three, four, five next year, not a, not a shocker. There's there's a bunch of guys that could easily do that, and it's all the guys that have come out in the last two or three years. I think the Hopkins are the ones that can fall. I think Devontae Adams is a guy that can fall. Stefan Diggs, potentially. They, it, I don't think those are the guys that can jump into be, you know, consistently wide receiver ones going into the future. Um, Godwin could definitely be in there. I just, I didn't have him in there. It's, I, his situation is a little weird. He did not do the best. He still looks great when you watch him, but um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he is a polarizing player. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. I did have Hopkins inside my top 12 just cause he's, He's going to play in Arizona for the next three years. Was that a name? Uh, val- was that a name value thing? I mean, did, did did you love the production that you got out of no, him this year? No, 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 no. Of course not. But it, it, Kyler's going to be there, and he's going to be there because he's owed an ungodly amount of money. Is his trade value going to get worse? Absolutely, because the age will choke it until it is useless. It, that's what we're seeing with Julio Jones at this time. But I don't think the production is going to be that much worse. I think we're still looking at 11, 1,200 yards out of DeAndre Hopkins, and he's going to have a good quarterback to tie him to. But if you're going to try and trade for him, uh, I don't think you're going to be getting what you want. And I think Godwin, conversely, is a nice little buy because there's people like me that don't really know what to do with him. And if he was the wide receiver too, like he literally has already shown in his small NFL career, sky's the limit for him. All right, we're going to jump into one last segment here with the show. Just remember that next year, next week on Mock Draft Monday, we're going to mash up a couple of rookie classes of running backs. We're going to mix up 2019, 2020, and then these 2021 prospects to see where they stand amongst uh, their most recent competition. And then next Tuesday, Jerry and I will be repeating this exercise with the running back position. Everybody loves a good running back conversation, Jerry. So let's jump into one last final segment. We'll make it kind of short. Uh, we're going to talk about some startup strategy and, and how we acquire these uh, wide receivers. So when you're in a startup, what is your strategy around acquiring wide receivers? I hoard them. That's okay. My, my main strategy is to not necessarily punt year one, but to set myself up for the future. I like to draft the elite wide receivers early. I like to trade back a round or two rounds and accumulate future first round picks that I can either take or that I can, you know, trade or whatever I need to do. So I am always accumulating wide receivers. I lost Randy and I have no idea what to do on StreamYard. So I'm just going to keep rambling. This is fun. If you're not watching on YouTube right now, uh, you have no idea why I just did that, but it's just me on YouTube, and this is great. We are off the rails. This is going to be fun. But no, always take wide receivers. They are younger. They last longer. They don't get hurt as much. They are more stable assets. They are who you should build your teams around quarterbacks and wide receivers because you don't have to deal with the volatility of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being dynasty RB1 after week one and a dynasty diaper by week 17. 
Todd Gurley falling off the face of the earth. James Conner no longer being an asset worth having. The running backs are just scary. So I always hoard wide receivers. And by the time I'm done with the draft and I look at my roster and I have four or five wide receivers that I know are just going to slaughter teams for a year or two, money. Thank you. Those are always the best looking teams. Those are always the teams that end up great. And they always put you in a spot to win year two. I agree to, for the most part. Uh, okay. I, All right. Depends on what my strategy is, what my goal going into the league is. If I'm going to do productive struggle, I am going to go young quarterback, young wide receiver, and I'll figure out the running back position in year two, year three. I don't think there's any point in drafting, you know, the the running back and then trying to figure out the wide receivers. I would much rather go like quarterback, wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver, quarter, you know, and I know I'm going to struggle in year one, but that's fine. I'm going to trade back. I'm going to trade out of the first round. I'm going to, you know, stock up on the middle picks when I can. But if I'm doing that, it makes no sense for me to be drafting the DeAndre Hopkins of the world or okay. the Mike Thomas of the world. I've got to get DK Metcalfs. I've got to yeah. get AJ Browns. I've got to get Justin Jeffersons. It, it, I'm, I may be on the borderline of guys like Terry McLaren, like Stefan Diggs, who are 27. You know, I agree with you. If I'm planning a year or two out, I've actually got to sit back and be like, Hmm, you know, by the time this team's ready to compete, these guys are, you know, 27, 28, 29 years old. And then you're, you're kind of stuck in this cycle. So you have to be drafting the kind of wide receivers that fit the kind of draft you're doing. What about in rookie drafts, Jerry? Are you a, a rookie draft uh, drafting wide receiver guy? I mean, it depends where I'm at, but uh, and it depends on the year. But no, draft running backs trade for wide receivers, my friend. That will firmly and probably permanently be the strategy just because they can return so much value so much quicker for the most part 2020 uh aside because we had so many damn good wide receivers but like like this year if i don't get Najee and i don't get travis Etienne, no, no i'll probably take a lot of wide receivers what about you have you have you switched well i, I haven't switched but it depends on on the league that i play in my man you know, a lot of the leagues that I'm going to now are one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, one super flex, and five flex. So my reliance on any one position are the things of old. You know, I draft based off of my league, and then I'm kind of looking at best player available. You know, I, if I, I have a league coming up. I won't say which one because you're in it, and I hate you, and I don't want you doing anything dastardly around me. But I'm at the 103. It's a one QB league. It's my uh, last remaining one QB league, but it's one of my personal favorites. And I've got the 103, and I feel pretty, pretty comfortable that Najee Harris and Travis Etienne are gonna are gonna move uh, in front of me. I am not gonna reach for like a Javonta Williams. I'm not gonna reach for a Kenneth Gainwell, uh, a Trey Sermon, uh, unless one of those guys land in just an ideal landing spot you know if Trey Sermon for some reason gets like second round draft capital to Miami then I've got to listen but if not if I'm there at the 103 and Jamar Chase is staying in there then I got to do what I got to do I'll figure out getting a running back later but yep um yeah I, I was always draft you know running back and trade for wide receiver I just the days of me reaching based on the success I mean you can go back to 2018 Calvin Ridley, D. 
DJ Moore. We liked what we saw out of Cortland Sutton, Perry McLaren, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. And then last year, Justin Jefferson, Pittman, Rager, Lamb, Ayuk. The list goes on and on and on. The bust rate around wide receivers has went way down. So I feel more comfortable than ever uh, drafting those guys. So it, it, it's really going to draft for value and best player available. And I'll figure out the need later. So what about startups? Uh, what, what, what's your strategy with wide receivers and startups? Oh, like I said, I, I, know, I know you talked about the uh, the productive struggle. Let's say you're not. Let's say you want to win year one. Then I'm going to be looking for. Are you taking wide receivers if you're trying to win your one? I am going to take wide receivers in the middle. I'm I'm going to really if if my goal is to win in a startup in year one, I'm really going to be dialed into quarterback and you got to get running back. So depending on where I'm drafting, if I'm drafting in the front half of the draft, it's probably going to be a quarterback. If I'm drafting in the back end of the first, obviously you have the turn and I'm going to hit quarterback running back back to back. And I will probably do that two rounds in a row because we just talked about how deep the wide receiver position is. You know, I know that if I'm going to compete in year one, I can try to pick up, I can try to stock up on some of these, you know, the Pittmans. And then you can layer in some older veterans. You can try to take a gamble on a Thielen and you can piece something together. Um, you can trade back. I think some of the best teams I've ever built were, were trading back. So again, if I, it, it would just come down to what the goal was. Let me follow right. you up with one more for startups before we get out of here. When do you take rookies in, in, in startups, not, not rookie drafts? Pit, are, are you a person that gets you gamble it? What's so, up? So it really comes down to the draft. Um, if the draft itself, was uh, some of the best drafts I've ever done are when the rookie picks are included, not the players yeah. they represent, yeah. but the picks. So like you can draft the 101 or the 102 or the four, whatever. Um, those are the ones that I prefer because I think I have a better value on those. It, it's really simple. Um, that's like the exercise we did on Mock Draft Monday. Hey, you know, I value this guy more than, than this guy. I'm going to go ahead and slate him in where I would draft the other guy. And I'm going to be too early than too late on young guys. Because here's the thing. What I don't want is I don't want to look around in, you know, in the summer and be like, man, I got a lot of bunch of guys with nowhere to go value-wise. T.Y. Hilton, you know, uh, last, last part of the season. Marvin Jones. I mean, those guys are a dime a dozen. Uh, unfortunately, at this point in their careers, and you can find those roster cloggers later. I'm going to be around early on rookies and rookie picks than I am a veteran. I like it. I ain't mad at you. I like I like to pile them in. I feel especially uh, like what you said with the picks. I feel like picks are valued more so than rookies with names are in startup drafts. So I actually end up accumulating more. But well, one last thing. So so when do you make your trade moves? on wide receivers is there like do, do you time it out do you try to get ahead of it uh are you going to pay up uh, what, what's your philosophy with trading for them? uh usually from my experience they are actually a lot easier to trade for you can always tell as long as there is a big running back available and you are in a spot where you can trade down you will always get paid because people are always willing to pay for Oh, you know, this last year it was Derrick Henry's the last of a the last of a tier, or you know, Nick Chubb's there, Dalvin Cook's there, whoever it is. Always this year, it's probably going to be Ezekiel Elliott. He's probably going to be the back end of the good running backs, would be my guess, just because a lot of people are down on him. And if he's the last guy before you have to start gambling on guys, 
Um, people will always, always come crawling. So the, that that's when I like to trade is when running backs are available. When wide receivers are the best one on the board, I'm, I'm just taking them. I, I'm not going to trade out of it. I'll, I'll take what I can get. You know, me, I, I like to... I like to trade for things that are going to accumulate value. So uh, I'm going to use a hashtag humble brag. So wanted to go back to back and trade attic seven. There's a lot of really good dynasty analysts in that league. Uh, I'll name drop a few cause I'll, I'll forget some, but you know, Bobby Koch of the DLF, John Hurley of the DTC, uh, Russ, uh, dynasty outhouse runs it. Tyler Gunther and Doug Eddy of the dynasty happy hour, Casey Kasem, uh, Michael Sipes of the Dynasty Trades HQ, just a Riley Bymaster of DTC, just a really star-studded Peter Howard, star-studded group of, of, of ladies and gents. And I won the I, was, I won the championship in the startup season, and I really, really wanted to go back-to-back. So I made a trade with John Paul Hurley of the DTC. I sent him Terry McLaren. I sent him Cole Komet. This is a tight end premium, 1.75 per reception for a tight end. And I sent the 202 for Devontae Adams. It, it, it meted out just about perfectly in the, in the DTC. So I did that. I won the championship. Reigning and defending. By the way, kids, as an MMA fan, I can tell you that once you've won the championship, you are the reigning champion. But when you go back to back, Bruce Buffer will introduce you as the reigning and defending champion and I am the reigning and defending champion but I have got Devonte Adams and a lot of trade offers out there right now uh, I'm looking to to get CD lamb and a little bit my goal is to try to get CD lamb and, and, and an early first and hopefully just you know counter for CD lamb and I'll take any second um, with this team uh, I've got Jonathan Taylor on this team as an etc I'm I'm looking to move him he he served my purpose Devonte Adams so I'm looking to get younger in the off season. I'm looking for guys. Remember last year, this time we were talking hold on, hold on. about. Sorry to sorry to interrupt. You were defending champion, and you got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I did some trading. Ah, okay, okay. All uh, right. Let, 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 sorry. Let's just say your boy did a little moving yeah. for a guy. Yeah, maybe dealing, as they say, wheeling, dealing, and stealing. Let's just say prior to the rookie draft, your boy might have moved Joe Mixon for an early pick, oh. and then might. So, so I, I think Why? I had the. I think I had the one hundred and four. And then I moved the 104 and something else to get up to get the 102. And I got JT there. And I stuck with him all season. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I do some things. I'm, I'm, good, I'm good at fantasy football in case, in case you didn't know. But, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm looking. So, you remember this time last year, eh, maybe a couple months, maybe we're 10 months away. Um, we had John Hurley of the DTC on here. And we were talking about guys whose value would go up you know, 50% or double in, in their trade calculator, you know, a tool that we both advocate for. We both have memberships too. And uh, Terry McLaren was one of my guys. Well, he went from a 20 in their calculator. He's currently valued at a 38. You know, I'm, I'm looking to move uh, Devonte Adams for the next guy that I think is going to, you know, go from a 20 to a 38 or a 20 to even a 30 and get a first round pick on top of it. That's not to say that I don't like Devontae Adams, but I, like I said earlier, I don't care if your name is Sally Sue Jenkins, your, 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 game, your name is Muhammad Gandhi. I really don't care. If you're giving me 18 PPR points a game, come on over, Rover, because I'm looking 
for W's. And if I can get this similar production and additional capital on top, that's that's how I move just about everybody, but especially wide receivers. I'm always looking for the next big thing uh, while getting similar production while the next big thing grows. So that's where I'm at, Jerry. This is going to be a fun month, man. We're going to do this with three more position groups, and uh, we're going to start having some guests. I invited a guest on next Monday for Mock Draft Monday. We're going to be doing running backs next week, my friend. And is there anything that people love to talk about more or need to listen to more than running backs? Yeah. No, I'm excited, and I'm going to have to update my list. Maybe, maybe I will do it before an hour before the show. Not likely, though. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, much like tonight, you you will send me a text. You'll be like, hey, man, here, here's my rankings. And uh, Mind you, everyone else has been done for a week and a half, but, it's you know. Jerry gone to Jerry, but that's why I love him because he is my man of the hour. He is the man with the power. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking around. We uh, we got a lot coming for you this offseason. We have a lot coming for you in 2021. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere. Make sure you're dialed into the YouTube. And uh, if you're interested in being on the Dynasty Happy Hour contractor, email me, dynastywarzone at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get you. We'll get you on there. But until next time, his name is Jerry. My name is Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, We went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year and that's just part of what comes with the patreon Uh, just uh, trade talks just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning there's always going to be fantasy football talk whether it's redraft whether it's dynasty i joined a couple leagues with the patreon members and it's the same thing even in even while we're drafting we're still shooting ideas at each other and if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of pause the podcast now join the patreon and join a join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family <laughs>